0: This is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show.
1: Hi, this is Stephen. I once trained and worked as an actor in Hollywood. Today, I host Hollywood and Beyond podcast here in my hometown of Cincinnati, where I strive to bring you meaningful interviews. I hope you will enjoy my podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: Stephen Brittingham, your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Welcome, friends and listeners, to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. Thank you for listening. And now, your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Hello, friends and listeners. Thank you for listening, and welcome to a very special episode of Hollywood and Beyond. This is your host, Stephen Brittingham. So many of the wonderful and amazing folks who visit me On Hollywood and Beyond, have sentimental and in depth conversations with me. I am truly grateful, and today is certainly no exception. Mary Deese Hampton is my special guest. Mary is an actress who has worked in both film and television. She is here to discuss her husband's upcoming book about his life an incredible career, while also sharing some stories from his career as well. James Hampton. Now, there is a man who has accomplished so much and contributed so much to the industry, Hollywood. I'm looking forward to learning more about this book and also what Mary has to say. Mary, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Well, thank you, Stephen. I'm
0: just delighted to be here. Thank you so much for asking us.
1: Well, it's my pleasure and honor. I'm so excited to speak with you. I've been looking forward to this very much. And where are you joining me from today?
0: I'm joining you from Trophy Club, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas and right outside of Fort Worth. We're in between.
1: Well, I tell you what, there's a lot to discuss here. This upcoming book sounds very interesting and intriguing to me. I thought we would start by going over that. Uh, What can you provide as far as information on this book? Like what can they expect to to read in the book and also when might it become available?
0: Well this book has been uh, a long time in the making. Uh, Jim is a wonderful, wonderful storyteller. And, uh, and he has for many, 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 many years. Uh, been encouraged to to write a book about uh, the stories he uh, he has about working in Hollywood and the, the persons that he worked with. Um, you know, a journalist once described Jim as one of the last living bridges between old Hollywood and, and New Hollywood, and that's the truth. I mean, he worked with Rock Hudson and Doris Day and James Garner, but on the other hand, he's worked with Billy Bob Thornton and Michael J. Fox and Jason Bateman and uh, John Samos and. and and uh, you know, so so he truly is. He truly is a, a bridge, and uh, he's got wonderful stories in this book about so many, many, many um, actors that um, that fans of nostalgia and current uh, movie and and. Um, TV will be familiar with. Um, he, uh, uh, like I said, is, is a wonderful storyteller, and uh, getting him to sit down and actually write it, even though he's a member of the Writers Guild, and, and he wrote for television, um, you know, he, he just, it was odd for him to, to sit and write, so it took him a, a, a good deal of time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end result is, is just fabulous. Um, the book is called What? And Give Up Show Business? <laughs> and uh, I it. it will I, and it will be uh it will be available in the um in the fall catalog for texas christian university press uh who's publishing it as well as uh on amazon and we are putting together a, a website for for jim and um, it will be available on um, the link will be available on his website as well and um it's a funny story how he came up with the title. Um, I, I was just about to said, ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he said uh, a long time ago he'd seen a, a comic strip, and and the uh, the comic strip was. And, and I, I excuse me if I if I'm wrong about referring to. To them as frames, but uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. The first little, the little block is is a, a circus that's coming to town, and and in the first little frame, it's um, you know it's the the ringmaster and he's heading up the parade that's coming down Main Street with all the circus performers. In the second frame, you've got the acrobats, and and every the third frame, you've got the lion tamer, and and so on and so forth. Until at the very end, there's there's the elephants, and and then in the the next frame, there's this little this little sanitation guy, and, and he's got a broom, and he's he's uh, sweeping up the, the elephant poop and all the poop from all the other animals and, and all the trash and everything. And, and some some bystander on the side says, can't you get a better job than that? And the little guy looks up at him and says, what? And give up show business? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that... There you go. That... As Jim would say, that's that's the actor's life, you know. We're we're like, yeah, oh, sure. we're willing to do anything for show business. That's so, right. Anyhow, you so got to start somewhere,
1: right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I love the title. Thank you for sharing that. That was a uh, a lot of fun to to hear you uh, describe. Uh, <laughs> do you have any idea approximately how long or how big the book is? You know, how many pages?
0: well I, I can tell you this um, there are over hundred and fifty um, photographs in the book and oh, it will wow. be a hardcover oh. a hardcover oversized book um, these are Jim's personal stories the first part of the book is is kind of an autobiography that brings you up to the point where he uh, where he comes to Hollywood and the rest oh, of it wow. are just you know a compilation of, of great stories and recipes by the way recipes. my husband is he is a wonderful cook, and so uh, he's he put recipes together to go with uh, some of the stories in the book, and uh, and they're yeah. wonderful and, and um, taste-tested and, and approved.
1: Well, this is a special book for a special man. And now you mentioned recipes, I got my attention right away. So uh, if he's that good of a cook, I'm looking forward to that part. And all those photographs. I love books like that, Mary. I think it's a very wise decision. So many decades in the industry, it makes sense, doesn't it, to share some photos from his career and life.
0: Yes, and, and many of these photos have never been seen. These are from, oh, nice. you know, his personal collection over the years. Um, you know, some of the photos are photos that um, were taken by friends or taken uh, by me, um, you know, and, and like that. But um, but I'll tell you something funny. Having said that, um, you know, he has so many good friends. And one of Jim's most favorite pastimes was playing golf. And, um and we, he played in a lot of, uh, charity golf tournaments, celebrity charity golf tournaments, raised right? a lot of money through the years for, for all kinds of charities and, and like that. And, um and when I was looking for some photos uh, of he and, and some of his pals that I didn't have, um, you know, I, I contacted uh, a couple of his buddies and said, do you, you know, do you have any photos of, of the two of you? You know, so well, the answer kept being, well, I, I, you know, I don't think so. I, I don't, you know, no. I don't. And finally, one, one of his good friends, a comedian named Tom Bartz, he said to me, he said, Mayor, he said, guys just don't run around taking pictures of each other. I <laughs> said, yes. so, no. And he said, and, and back then, nobody had a cell phone, you know, and, and guys just don't run around with little Kodak Instamatics in their in their <laughs> pocket. And, you know, I, I had never thought of that before. You know, women get a new outfit. And it's like, oh, take a picture of me in my new outfit. Yes. Men, not so much, you know. Not so, not so much.
1: That's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there still, still are plenty of great photos in
1: there. Oh, it sounds just absolutely uh, fantastic, Mary. I'm very excited to, to get the book for myself as well. And I know that Jimmy's fans will be so excited and, and pleased to, to, to get the book as well. Uh, I'm yes, just, they will not be disappointed. They will not be disappointed, no doubt about yes. that. I'm wondering, though— What are some of the challenges, though, or what have you noticed, uh, you know, as far as him putting this book together? You know, when you go back in time like that, so many emotions and feelings come back to you. Um, Of course, some never really leave you, but when you go back, you just start remembering new, you know, start remembering things from the past and people that you knew, perhaps most importantly. Uh, What are some of the challenges of writing a book about your life?
0: Well, you know, I, I've not done that for myself, but I know, you know, working with him on this book, yes, there's a lot of uh you know, a lot of times where he, you know, just, you know, got a little little sentimental about um persons that have passed on and, and unfortunately, you know, he's had so many friends that, um, you know, I wanna say, um, in the last couple of years, uh, Particularly that have passed away. A Good friend of his last week died. Um, the actor Richard Hurd. Um, but of course, you know Burt Reynolds and Doris Day and Ken Berry and uh, you know and and so it's you know it is it it's it's uh, you know going down memory lane like that. You you've got a lot of wonderful memories and you you know you smile, but at the same time you you miss those folks. And um, so you know and and the other thing was it it, it just you know one one. One story would lead to another story would lead to another story. <laughs> and, and he said, I, you know, I've got to kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, stop myself sometimes because I don't know if somebody would be interested in, in that story. And, you know, and it's sort of like, no, just go ahead and write it. You know, just just write it. And then, you know, let at the end of the day, we'll look at all of them and and see what the our publisher thinks. and And, you know, by golly, you know ninety nine point nine percent of those stories made the book. So that's a good thing.
1: It sure is. Well, how about we discuss maybe uh, some of the things that might be in the book, maybe like a little bit of a sneak peek. And maybe just some stories that you can share with the listeners. I know that we've had a discussion about it, and I cannot wait for you to share some of these stories. But first, I thought I would ask, I'm sure most of Jimmy's fans know, but let's just say there's somebody out there, Mary, that doesn't know where Jimmy is from.
0: Well, Jim was born in Oklahoma City. And uh, then he, he moved to Dallas uh, when he was just a young tyke, um, and he was raised in, in Dallas, uh, went to uh, what was then North Texas State College. It is now the University of North Texas. Um, and then he um, served in the military. When he was in college, he was in the uh the Naval Air Reserve for four years, and then um, he he went to New York uh, after he left school, and was uh, was drafted by the Army on April Fool's Day, <laughs> and um, and he thought the Army, how, how can I be? You know, this story's in the book. Anyway, you know, how can I possibly be drafted by the Army? I, I I'm in the Naval Reserve, and and uh, so he was promptly told that you know, well, they lost his. Paperwork in New Orleans, and and you know, too bad he's in the army now, and um, uh, he went off to uh, to Europe, um, and this is oh, there's so this just a story how he gets there, but uh-huh. um, it is in the book. He he goes to Europe, and uh, um, and he he ended up in in uh, special services, and uh, he helped put on the shows, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and. Um, uh, and and actually, you know, put on a lot of plays and things like that. And actually, won best actor in the armed forces, uh, and and then um, came back to North Texas, um, and uh, and met a uh, uh, well, he he had known her, but went back to see an old uh, teacher of his. Uh, she was the um, opera teacher at, at North Texas, and. Uh, I said I remember a him, I said well how, how do you end up in the opera department how do you know people in the opera He said, well all the pretty girls you know were, <laughs> were' the opera singers so he went back and spoke to this um, this opera teacher there who who was a uh, famous uh, uh, opera singer in her own right and uh, had actually been married to a, a prince in Italy and um, and she she asked him what he was going to do about his his acting, and he says, "Oh, you know, I heard there was a new playhouse in Fort Worth. I thought I'd call." She said, "No," she said, "You need to put on your best suit, and you need to go down there, and you need to talk to them in person," uh, which he did, and um, and he ended up um, uh, getting a um, uh, his first role uh, because he could not sing. And um, uh, the 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 funny story about that is um, the the uh, director said. Um, well, well, can you sing? And Jim said, "Well, no, 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 I can't sing." And he said, "Well, sure, you sure you can? Everybody, you know, you can sing something. You know, hey, how about Old Man River? Hey, You know, Old Man River." And he and he said, "No, I, I really can't." He said, "Oh, come on." so he sits down at the piano and, and jim begins to sing and and uh, and he stops he said you're right you can't sing you're hired <laughs> so he said any other actor would have walked in here and said sure i can sing you know and, and it was for a, a role of a guy who can sing so I there you go that. and you're and he right took you coffee. can't sing <laughs> you're right you can't sing so
1: oh that's a nice so
0: anyhow story. It, that's that's how he got from Point A to, to point B, you know, and and uh, and then he just took off from there. He went to New York, and uh, uh, he he was a working actor in New York. and And a young woman who was in his acting class up there um, said to him one day, she said, uh, "You know, that I, I'm going to be in a little short subject film, and I think you'd be great for the lead for for the lead um, uh, male." And uh, he said, "Oh, okay." She said, "Here, call this guy." So. He called the guy up and he went to see him and and he said, well, you know, I really kind of have somebody else in mind. And and Jim, who had originally been an art major in, uh, in college, said, well, do you have anybody to build your sets? Do you have anybody to paint? And he said, well, no. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, if you give me the lead, I'll do all that for you, too. And, and the guy said, Really? Because he was just shooting in his garage. I mean, you know, and on the streets in New York and, and a super, super low budget little short subject film. And, and uh, so he said, Okay, you're hired. So Jim did this short subject film, and by golly, it was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, wow. And the next year, Jim found himself dancing on the same floor with Gregory Peck. Um, Not too and shadow. so, yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people, Jim has spoken at a lot of schools and, and a lot of, art, uh, uh, acting classes and, you know, the story you hear the most is a very familiar one about, oh gosh, you know, I ate beanie weenies and ketchup soup and I couldn't get hired and, you know, and, and then you hear Jim and it just, it was one, he's one of those kind of people. He said, you know, it's, it's, I was just destined this was what I was destined to do because everything just kinda worked out that way.
2: Yes. And um
0: and so yeah, so he I, I believe that too. I believe this is, you know, he was destined to be a, uh, an actor and uh and
1: um, I have you know, to agree with you on that. Such sentiment. a great
0: such a great career.
1: Absolutely. Uh I'm j i am admire so much his achievements. And and I can see that he's such a talented man as well. Uh, I, I thought I would ask you, are you aware or has he ever shared with you that when he was younger what type of movies he liked to go see at the cinema or at the movies?
0: Oh, Westerns. Uh, Westerns. Westerns. That he was loved his favorite. Westerns. And and you know, he said it was just like a dream come true when he um when he was uh, hired for um well his first his first uh, gig uh, in Hollywood was um was on Gunsmoke,
2: Gunsmoke and uh, yeah.
0: and then the first television series he he did was F Troop, and he was so delighted because Bob Steele, you know, who'd been a huge uh, cowboy uh, actor uh, when Jim was growing up, he he was a regular on uh, on F Troop as well. And so, yeah, he loved the Westerns. He said his brother liked the horror movies. And Jim said, I'd always end up on the sticky floor on my hands and knees with my eyes shut because he was so afraid.
1: (laughs) Oh, my, my. Well, now, did he appear with Burt Reynolds on Gunsmoke?
0: Yes. That is where he and Burt met. Burt was playing the role of Quint. Mm -hmm. That's where they met the first time. And there's a wonderful story in the book about how they met and how Burt... Uh, you know what had happened and it was a pretty funny story and and how Bert uh you know helped him along learn the terminology of uh you know of of being on a set and what was meant by this and what was meant by that and Jim had no idea and uh and that's where they struck up their friendship and that was a lifelong friendship for sure.
1: Well, I uh, will get back to Bert in just a moment because there's still a connection with him, obviously. Uh, in particular, with the longest yard, which I can't wait to ask you about. But since mm-hmm. we're talking about television, I thought I'd keep that theme going. Um, are there any stories to share about his time on the Rockford Files with James Garner?
0: Oh, he loved james garner. and and uh, if if you all uh, out there have not had a chance to read James Garner's autobiography, Please do it. It's it's wonderful. And uh, uh, what a what a terrific guy he was. Um, Jim just loved and adored him. And and, uh, and James Garner also had a brother named Jack. And uh, and Jim loved Jack. They the three of them used to play golf a lot. And uh, uh, you know he he really enjoyed his time. And it's so funny because. Um, People. Some people think that Jim did, you know, more than one episode, but he actually did a two-part episode uh, where he played James Garner's uh, stepbrother, and uh, the name of the episode was "Aaron Ironwood's School of Success," and it was just people will. It's so funny about Jimmy because people will remember him from that one episode of, of Rockford Files or that one episode of Mannix, or you know, it's just he he just really kind of made a mark, whatever, whatever he did. And someone wrote me the other, de- the other night, um, texted me the other night, said, ah, Jim's on murder. She wrote, you know, he's playing a vet, <laughs> you know, and, and so I just, you know, it, it's just funny because, um, he, he just was everywhere. He, he was on everything, you know, and, uh, somebody said, you were the Kevin Bacon of your time, you know, because he just six degrees of separation from Jimmy Hampton.
1: Well, that's one way to uh, put it. And you know what? (laughs) When you leave a lasting impression like that, when you just make one or two appearances on a show and and a lot of years go by, now that's really saying something about uh, Jimmy's appeal as an actor.
0: Uh, Indeed. Indeed.
1: Well, now, hey, let's go back uh, even further to the Doris Day show. Uh, I know that you told me that you had something to share about that when she used to call the, the home.
0: Yes. Um, Right about the time we moved back to Texas, Jim retired in 2001, and we moved back to Texas in 2002, um, they were putting together um, the DVD set of of the Doris Day show, and uh, um, Doris uh, called house, and Jim was at the store, and I answered I the phone, and, you know, her voice was very distinctive, and um, I answered the phone, and, and I said, uh, she, uh, the voice said to me, uh, is Leroy B. Simpson there? And, of course, Leroy <laughs> B. Simpson was Jim's uh, uh, character's name, and, of course, I instantaneously knew who it was, because the, the voice and, and what she had said, and I said, well, no, Leroy's gone to the store. I said, can I have him call you back? And she said, "Well, I'll call him back, but would you tell him that a former employer called?" And so every year, um, she was a doll, and every year um, when Dom DeLuise was still with us, um, uh, she would send us an apple cake every Christmas, and Jim would send her a fruit cake because she was the only other human being on the planet that liked a fruit cake besides <laughs> him. And uh, and when she'd call the house. She would always ask for Leroy, and I thought that was so oh, sweet. And that's so nice. you know, um, there's there's some wonderful uh, wonderful story in the uh, in the book, and a recipe um, <laughs> that has to do with, with his Doris Day story, which is different than the one I just told you. But uh, but yeah, she he just has nothing but fond memories of of her, and and I think probably she of him. So
1: I have no doubt about that. Wow, just so many amazing people. That he has worked with or met or know over the years that is just that is just something else well let me ask you, how about roles that are turned down or maybe at the time like mm, I don't think I'm going to do this and, and you know down the road they become really well known or uh, and what about roles he's turned down? I believe you mentioned there was two or three that you wanted to bring down. Yeah
0: yes uh jim jim liked to work um and so he he you know he, he and 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 if you watch his body if you if you watch his body of work if you're familiar with his body of work there were very few times he sort of deviated from from the the same kind of character which was you know he made a good living as a sidekick as the buddy as the boss as the neighbor as the, you know and uh and, uh, but there were a few roles he turned down. He he said he said that he turned down the role of the plum in the Fruit of the Loom commercials. Oh. And um, and he he said. Mm, he just didn't want to be a, a piece of fruit in somebody's underpants so he, he he turned that one down and and he said he thinks that f Murray Abraham, who went on to win an academy award uh for Amadeus, he said so I think he actually did that part um but then uh, you no know, I he think you might be right about that yeah so so then he also uh much to the um unhappiness of Bert. Um, Bert wanted to do this picture, and, and um, uh, it, it was a very good one. Um, but, and, and Bert was, was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, loyal to to his actor friends, and, and you would notice that, too. Jim did five pictures with Bert. But Jim, you know, uh, Bert used to, he liked to be comfortable um, he's, he, he liked to know that the people, uh, that, that were around him were people that he was familiar with and, and that would, you know, that would be there for him. And, uh, and so he tended to work with a lot of the same people and, and you can see that in his body of work, you know, Charles derning and Dom DeLuise and, um, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so Jim was one of those people, um. So he called Jim and he asked him if he wanted to be a part of this of this uh, drama that he was doing. And uh, Jim Jim read the script and he said, nee, "I you know I I, I really don't want to play that part." He said, I, "I got kids in school." And the role was the role that Ned Beatty ultimately uh, was cast in in Deliverance. And uh, and and it's so funny because. Um, Jim and Ned knew each other. They were both in another movie with Burt called W. W. and the Dixie Dance Kings. And um, uh, Jim would get stopped a lot, and and people would say, "Oh, you're Ned Beatty, aren't you? You're Ned Beatty." And Jim would say, "No, no, I'm 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 not Ned Beatty. Oh, sure, you are. You're Ned Beatty. No, I'm 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 Jim. I'm James Hampton." And uh, okay, well, whatever you say, you know. And so they were in a golf tournament together, and uh, and Jim said to Ned Beatty, he said. Uh, so let me ask you a question. He said, do you, do you ever get mistaken for me? And and he said, all the time. And Jim said, people ask me all the time if I'm you. So what he did at this golf tournament is they switched badges. And the entire weekend, they pretended like they were the other person. And so, you know, at the banquet when they said, ladies and gentlemen, Ned Beatty, and Jim would stand up. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and, and Jim played with his team, and he played, and nobody was the wiser. And nobody but, said uh, anything. Nobody <laughs> said anything. So, uh, but... But um, yes, so he he turned the, down the role in, in Deliverance because he just did not feel comfortable, uh, you know, comfortable doing that. Uh, and Ned Beatty did a a, a wonderful job. I mean, that, sure. it was a great movie, and yes. and uh, you know, but but that that was something Jim Jim turned down. And interestingly enough, uh, you talked about the Longest Yard. Yes, um, he he was actually originally cast in the role of Unger, the snitch. Who ultimately is responsible for the death of caretaker. And, um, and so, uh, he, he had a meeting with Bob Aldrich and, and, uh, the director and, and, and he said, uh, he said, well, well, what do you think, Jim? You know, it is a good role. And Jim said, yeah, I don't want to play that role. And, and he said, his, 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 you know, the red started coming up in his face, and he said, he, 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 well, well uh, what, what role do you want to play? And, and he said, well, I want to play the role of caretaker. And, and Aldrich said, well, caretakers only got five lines. And he said, now he's only got five lines. And once they got on set and, and Mr. Aldrich saw the chemistry between he and Bert, he just kind of let him go. That whole Raisin Jack scene in the movie where, uh-huh. where he, they're talking and Bert's laying on the cot and Jim's got the Raisin Jack that he's made in the toilet, um, that's, that's 90% improvised. Um, and, and they both did a fabulous job. But, um, but yeah, so he did not want to play, play that role. He saw more of what could be in, in the role of caretaker, and he actually got nominated for a Golden Globe for that award.
1: Very impressive. Yes. Very impressive, especially now when you share uh, some additional information uh, about some of the the filming for The Longest Yard. Well, uh, I'm sure he was proud to be a part of that film. It's definitely a a, a very good film. And he and Bert would work again years later, wouldn't they, on Evening Shade?
0: Yes, they did. And, And that... Two was, was that catapulted Jim into the the world of directing, which he spent the last 12 years uh, directing uh, sitcoms, and um, he had um, gotten a call from a, a casting director um, who, a lovely woman, she's cast a lot in, in L.A., her name was Fran Bascom, and she called Jim and said, hey, um, I'm I'm uh, casting for Bert's new uh, sitcom, and there's a role in here that that we think you'd be right for, and and it was a storyline was Bert was going back to his high school reunion, and so Jim and Doug McClure uh, played buddies of Bert's, and um, and so. Jim went and and uh, did the role. And the week that he was there, um, of course, he knew Charlie Durning and Ossie Davis and and uh, some of those other folks. And and he uh, he would do some little little jokes and little rewrites. And Jim used to people don't know this, but Jim used to do a lot of writing for Bert um, when then Bert would do like the Tonight Show. And um, uh, but anyway, when there's a story in the book about that. But um, but anyway, so while he was there that week. Um, uh, he he would he would kind of tweak tweak some little jokes and and make some suggestions. And Mary Lou Henner um, went to uh, Harry Thomas Linda Bloodworth Thomason. and she said, "You got to hire this guy as a writer. You know he 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 knows he knows how to write to this age group. You know you've got twenty year old writers that are writing for fifty five year old people, and mm, some of the jokes just aren't the same. You know you just they just don't." work and um and so at 54 years old and jimmy swears he was probably the oldest first time television writer ever hired (laughs) um at 54 he was hired as a writer and he began to write and produce and when harry and linda got busy working with the uh the uh, uh president clinton's campaign um one day harry just came to jim and said jim would you like to direct next week and that started Jim off on, the, on his road to directing. So it's like I said, Jimmy Hampton, he's just, you know, stuff just kind of <laughs> fell in his lap his <laughs> whole life. His so, yeah. Well,
1: let me ask you, Mary, because you're the best person to ask, I believe, for this. Did he ever share with you if he had a preference of working in a film project or a television project? Or was it pretty much to him, you know, he's happy to do either one equally?
0: You know, I think um, I think that Jim, you know, was and he will tell you this, you know, he, he said, I'm the luckiest man alive because I, I the projects he worked on, um, he he had a good time doing. Um, now, working uh for as long as they did in the hot, sweaty swamps of Georgia doing the longest yard and, and they actually were locked down in uh the Georgia State Penitentiary in Reidsville um, oh, shooting. Uh, I actually still have. He still has his little badge from um, from uh, from being able to get on and off the uh, the in and out of prison um, oh, for wow. filming. He uh, aside from that, you know, I mean, the the conditions there were not ideal. But um, he, um, you know, he he. I think I would say equally. Now, now, it, you know, a lot of people have asked him, "What's your favorite? What's the favorite thing you ever did?" And it's very difficult for him to to answer that because he. Um, he worked on so many good good things, but he really enjoyed i think probably best of all, I think he enjoyed f troop. he said he could not he he could not wait to go to work. It was just they just had so much fun and um and that was his first television series, as you know and yes um, and and he just loved working. he loved working on f troop.
1: I appreciate and, uh, you sharing that now did yeah. he ever share any stories about? Uh, appearing on The Dukes of Hazard.
0: Uh, yes, um, the Duke, That's 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 a story in the book too, and it goes into more detail than than what I'll say. But um, he got a call from his agent, and and I guess Jimmy Best, who was a good friend of Jim's actually as well, um, played uh, Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane, <laughs> and um, and I guess the second season, maybe third season, he was holding out for more money and uh and so the network kind of called his bluff and they decided well we're going to have a sheriff of the week and so they were hiring guest stars to be the sheriff and jim played a sheriff sheriff buster moon and um and the response the audience response was very very good and so they were going they signed jim to a nine episode deal and jim said that um, he was on the on the set, he'd been about three days into shooting, and he saw James Best on the set, and he thought, "I know what's coming." And sure enough, uh, he got called into uh, the the executive's office, with, and Jim's agent was there, and they said, um, uh, "Well, uh, it looks like uh, Jim Best is is coming back to." Uh, to reprise his role, and uh, but hey, we've got we've got something for you that that I think is, is going to be great. Um, we're going to give Enos his own spinoff, and so we oh. want you to keep your your Sheriff Buster Moon uh, character, and and you're going to be his sidekick. You know this, is, and Jim said, "Yeah, thanks, but no thanks." And, um, and he said, they, they were very flustered and they were, well, why not? It has there's number one show in the country. And he said, yeah, he said, but there was another show that was the number one show in the country that, that was shot right here on this lot, um, you know, 10 years ago and, uh, 10, 12 years ago. And he said, um, you know, uh, and the actors on that kind of never worked again. And just because you've got one, you know, a, a, a number one show in the country doesn't mean it's it's going to, you know, spawn other number one shows. And they got, and, and he said, I bet you can't even tell me what show that was. And, oh, here they go off on this one, no wrong, this one, no wrong. And, and finally Jim said, Batman. And he said everybody on the planet wanted to be and you've got Vincent Price, you've got George Goble, you've got, you know, Victor Bruno, you've got Milton Berle, you've got all these people that are on Batman. And it lasts two seasons and is gone, you know. And so he said later on when he as an agent were, were in the parking lot thinking they'd never work in this town again, um, Jim he sort of regretted that. But uh, the next day uh, he got a script in the mail um and it was the when when he opened up the script it said uh exterior Eiffel Tower and uh and it was a script for Condor Man and he ended up going to uh Paris and uh, Monte Carlo and Switzerland and all these wonderful places. And he shot Gondar Man. So anyway, so that, you know, that, that's, that's the Dukes of Hazzard story. And, and
1: that's, that's a good one. Too. Thank yeah. you, Mary. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Did Jimmy ever share with you what he thought made an actor either extra appealing or just extra good? Like the good ones he worked with, did he ever share with you? You know, this is the quality I look for in those type of individuals.
0: You know, no, I mean, I, I mean, he never did. Uh, he was never critical of anybody. I mean, gotcha. he never once. I've never heard Jim say anything. Uh, you know, about uh, another actor. You know, I'm not, not
1: surprised to hear that know,
0: being being substandard or anything like that. I mean. As an actor, you know you 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 know it's a give and take. I mean, and some people have chemistry together, and some people don't. Um, you know, it's it's sure. but he's he's never, you know, no, he has never said, oh, you know, I I wouldn't want to work with this person, or I wouldn't want to work with that person. And you know, he he um, he's worked with all kinds of of stars on on every level. You know, he's he sure worked with has. you know relatively unknowns at the time, like uh, like Michael J. Fox. He he done um,
1: with uh, the Teen Wolf movies.
0: Yes, um, that's right. And, and right. Jason Bateman, and uh, you know, they both were on series, um, uh, you know, sitcoms, um, but. Um, you know, and then he's worked with the big stars like Doris and and Rock Hudson and and uh, Jack Lemmon, and and he just um, you know he he welcomed all the opportunities that he had because you know he said you 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 hope it's a learning experience for you you know every time you work with someone different it's a learning experience for you you
1: hope so. Well, just a, two more questions for you, Mary, sure. and thank you so much for your time. I'm just curious. You're definitely the right person to ask about this. What did Jimmy like to do for fun when he didn't have a project going on, when he didn't have to be at the studio the next day, and he had maybe extra time to himself? Was there anything in particular he enjoyed doing for fun?
0: Golf. Golf. He was a, Yes, he, he loved golfing. So and, he liked uh, to get up early. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't say that. Okay, he's not it's, that it's kind funny. of guy. It's funny. I Jim would always get up for golf, but when it was getting up to <laughs> mow the lawn, you know, that was That's something he might else. Sleep in no, a he liked sleeping. No, he. Yeah, he loved. He loved uh, to play golf, and and he played a lot of golf, and and like I said earlier, he did a lot of charity golf tournaments, and and raised a lot of money for good causes. So.
1: Well, and Jimmy's fans, you know, they, they sure do love him and appreciate him. And, and, once and, again, and
0: likewise, he, he always, you know, he loved his fans. Um, yes. He did, for about 10 years, um, he did a lot of celebrity autograph shows, a lot of the comic cons, uh, western festivals and things like that, where he would, um, you know, he would meet fans. And, you know, and and he, um, he would say that it was, it was kind of like delayed applause. You know when when you're on the stage and, and you know you, you're performing, you, you're getting that immediate audience response to to what you're doing. You know they clap or they don't, you know, and uh, as the case may be. but but when you're doing television and filming, you can look at the ratings, I guess, but but in terms of one on one with with your fans, um, you know you don't, you don't know what they're thinking. And so it was so um, touching uh, to him and me because I'd be with him when when people would come up and and just you know pour over him and and you know guys would say to him, look, you know, I used to watch F Troop with my dad on Tuesday nights, and now I'm watching it with my own kid. Or or you know, someone would say, oh, you know, Mr. Hampton, I I I wish that. I wish that I would have had a dad like you, you know, your character in Teen Wolf, you know, and, and um, you know, just things like that, and, and um, you know, how many laughs, you know, oh, my gosh, I, you gave me so many laughs over the years, and, and, um, and that, that meant a lot to him. And, um, and so that's why he liked to do those shows as well, uh, to, to interact with his fans. And, and he can't do that anymore. He's, um, you know, Jim's got Parkinson's, and so um, he fatigues very easily. Um, he's still, you know, he's still 110% Jimmy. He's, uh, you know, always making me laugh, always making me smile. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just so important, I think, that um, we had this book um, finished and published because there was there's so many other people that need to hear these stories and and there's so many other laughs that you know they are going to be had because they're reading these stories. The editors that that uh, we've been working with have all said, "Oh my gosh, I laughed out loud," you know, and uh, <laughs> and so I'm I'm so pleased that that um, we're able to bring the book to to people now. So
1: well, I'm going to be. Uh, helping to get the word out at the appropriate time, Mary. So please well, let me know you. what I can do, and I'll I'll do all I can to let you know folks know that this uh, wonderful book is uh, available. And just to, just so to much. follow up, you you feel that by the fall this should most likely be available, as far as you know.
0: Yes. Now, as far as I know, um, the publisher has told us that it will be in their fall catalog, and that's Texas Christian University Press. They will also have it on Amazon, and we are working on putting together Jim's website right now um, so that um, he, I've got tons and tons and tons of autograph photos that uh, Jim has had pre-signed and um, uh, the link to the um, the ordering for the book will also be there so it will be like a, a shop on there and we'll keep you updated on, on things and um, you know so, so yes it, the fall is when I think we're going to be able to uh, have people be able to, to order the book
1: and you know Mary I, it would have been nice to, to have of course spoke with Jimmy directly but I have to say I still feel like I have s- uh, spoken with him today through you uh, oh, because you, well, thank you, you! Your stories are so wonderful. They're warm. They're from the heart. So please give him my best and let him know that you know. In my small way, I hope that this helps to to honor his book and his career.
0: Thank you so much, and and we we really appreciate. Uh, you and and just keeping, you know, keeping old Hollywood alive. And uh, there's so many people out there who, um, you know, are, are going to be fans for life that need to know about uh, and are interested in um, the the people that they see on Turner Classic Movies or, uh, you know, in, in other uh, in other television shows um, that are out there and, and want to know and learn about them. It's just, it's it's still just. Uh, in, in, a, in a time where I think a lot of uh, celebrities come and go, a lot of what so called movie stars come and go, um, you know, there, there are some people that lasted a long, long time in Hollywood, and, and Jim was one of them, and he's got a lot of stories to share as a result. So thank you so much for what you do.
1: You're most welcome, and I feel like I took a step back to old Hollywood thanks to you today. So thank you once again, Mary. Thank you. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out.
2: Tune in.